up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. everyone. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, episode number 118, Make Your Own Marketing Rules with Stacy Mitchell, the consistent coach. So Stacy is a friend of mine, a fellow coach. We met in our business coaching group with Erica Tebbins called Rebellious Success. And she invited me to speak on her podcast about marketing. And she's all about being consistent. So Stacy helps clients get clear, get consistent, get clients, and stop spinning and shiny object syndrome and overwhelm so they can create consistent income and focus on the work they really love doing, which for her, clients is coaching. And we talk all things, (laughs) you'll see, we get very excited and very enthusiastic nerding out over mindset work, over being consistent, over creating marketing plans that really work for you and your schedule and your strengths, because we want the barrier to entry, the barrier to enter marketing your business to be so low so you can maintain a consistent schedule with that. Because we all know that in order to market your business successfully, you have to be consistent, whether that means posting every single day of the week, if that's what fits in your schedule and your the way you like to do business, or maybe just showing up a few days a week on Instagram or a little more flexibly, right? So it's whatever the point is and the point of the podcast with Stacey, and I think you you will get a lot out of it, um, is the the point is to be consistent. How do we do that? How? Why is it so hard for us, especially as busy entrepreneurs, um, and I know for my audience there are a lot of moms, to stay consistent when it comes to taking action and marketing our businesses. So check out this episode with the consistent coach, Stacey Mitchell herself. And if you are interested in what she has to offer, you can visit her website at stacymitchell.com. And I think on Instagram, she is the consistent coach. So check it out. Let me know what you think. I hope you all enjoy this. Okay, and on Instagram, she's at Stacy Mitchell. So there you go. If you want to find her on Instagram, she's always pushing. <laughs> of course, the consistent coach is consistently posting great content that helps you. It's not just for coaches. I think it, it really helps you think about the way you approach running your business in general and the systems and the plans you have in place and are they sustainable. So check out this episode. Let me know what you think, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Consistent Coach Podcast. I am super excited to be here with a special guest, one of my friends, one of my fellow masterminders. We're in a program together, Miranda Rodriguez. She also hosts her own podcast, and she is with Marketing Uninhibited. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to jump into this. We already sort of started talking before we even started recording, and then I was like, we should probably just press record. <laughs> <laughs> actually get all this goodness out there in the world. Miranda, introduce yourself and then we'll get started. All right. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to be here. 
My name is Miranda Rodriguez. And like Stacy said, I am the owner of Marketing for the Uninhibited and I am a marketing coach. So I help, I'm changing entrepreneurs' lives one four-week marketing action plan at a time. So as a coach, I don't do the marketing work for you, but I help you create a customized marketing plan so it takes the decision-making time and the overwhelm and the stress out of marketing your business And it allows you to achieve your goals one month at a time, like get closer to them. Um, And you can find me at marketinguninhibited.com. Or like Stacey said, I am the host of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, which you can find wherever you're listening to this one. Love it. And it's a really good podcast, y'all. I've been listening and it's so good. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, (laughs) the biggest takeaways. My favorite thing is that you always give like actionable things to journal on. So it's yeah. really, really informative and helpful. So go listen. Um, mm-hmm. I I love her approach, which is why she's on the podcast today. Yes. And I can't wait to talk with you because I feel like our, our topics are so much in alignment, like marketing and consistency. Absolutely. Yeah. And part of the consistency approach with me is simplifying things and not overcomplicating things. And I know that you very much align with that, that framework too. Like how can we make this simple and how can we choose strategies that feel really good? Not just strategies that we're like, they're going to work, but we hate our lives. (laughs) Right. Right. Or like, they're going to work if I never see my family again. Right. If I'm glued to my phone 24 seven and I don't have a life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. No. So we wanted to start because I was. we were talking before we started recording and we were talking about like we hadn't prepared very much. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Google Doc. We put a few ideas in the Google Doc and I don't know how long you spent, Miranda, but it was probably, I don't know, 10 minutes. Yes, 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes. And we were kind of joking about that because I do think that's something when it comes to marketing that's really important. Like any strategy you choose is letting it be simple and not over complicating it Mm -hmm. and not over preparing. Yes. I like to call it simple, doable, and fun. That's my marketing philosophy. If it's not simple, then it's not very doable. Then it's not very fun. And so um, the nice thing about where we're at in business too, is at this point, because we have experimented with content and marketing, I just went back and looked at some old podcasts, some old like workshops. And I'm like, okay, what topics would be most relevant for Stacy's audience. And I just copy pasted some things and like, you know, mentally prepared this morning. I knew we would talk. Um, but I think that is so the nice thing about, well, and with all marketing is like not over researching it and not over complicating it because then you kill it. You get nervous. You don't leave room for flexibility. Like we know you and I talkers are probably going to go a little... <laughs> off track today. And we have room for that because we have a very loose outline that I think will provide a lot of value to the people listening. Agreed. Yeah. I think it's more important to come from a place of wanting to provide value and also giving yourself like the flexibility for intuition Mm -hmm. and spontaneity. And I honestly have had probably the most success when I don't plan things out very well. (laughs) I love to plan things out, but then I'll be like, I just want to send an email about mindset today. And yeah. then suddenly it's like, everybody's, this is great. Right. <laughs> Out of nowhere. And it's those like those gut feelings when you take advantage of those in the moment, rather than pushing them down and being like, that wasn't part of the plan. It's those mm. things that 
there's a reason you got that message to send that, you know, that email out about that. And so I think people get caught up and we're all planners. We're, you and I are planners, we're coaches, and we just get so caught up in the planning phase and we forget that you are going to learn the fastest with real-time experimentation of your marketing actions. And so you'll be able to read your audience right away, you know, versus like over planning and then taking longer to push that idea out. And then it still flops. Whereas you could save yourself a lot of time and just push it out. And then if it flopped, you're like, okay, let's move on. (laughs) That's so true. And it's funny. uh, I, people know this, like I love to pre-plan. So sometimes I'll I'll batch content for like a month, which is fine. But I will say that sometimes it really bites me in the butt (laughs) because I'll have like that intuitive hit of Mm -hmm. this is actually the thing. And then I honestly, it can end up costing me a little bit more time. And I'm not saying that like, don't pre-plan or don't batch things, but I'm saying like there are pros and cons to every approach that's out there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's good to just like focus on the thing that's right in front of you. I really do like that you do the monthly plan. Because I can see that being really helpful to people to be like, you don't need to have like in your entire year of marketing planned out because that's really overwhelming. It is. And, you know, we get to a point where I do have them look at their year and think about their when we're talking about processes and setting up processes and then working backwards from a candle launch, a product launch, you know, so that our marketing is moving in the right direction and we're still hitting our timelines. But for the month, you're focused on whatever it is that month versus like, and we all, the ideas swirling in our heads. That's like the biggest thing. It's everyone's like, oh, squirrel, like new idea. Or I saw someone else in my industry doing this and I think I should try it. And you, this is where consistency comes in. You have to be consistent with one thing for a little bit to see if that's working. And if you're constantly changing up what you're doing outside of like marketing experimentation, but because you want the next thing or, you know, then that can hinder your marketing because you're not, if you're not consistent, then you're not going to know if it's going to pay off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think you, you talked about this in a really, I think, effective way that I haven't actually pinpointed myself, but it's consistency to your strategy, right? Because mm-hmm. then you can see what's working you can very easily evaluate it. However, there's also still room for experimentation, Mm -hmm. but it's not about like chasing 500 new strategies (laughs) because it's so hard to do that. Like, and I see people do it all the time, but it's, it really gets in the way of being an effective marketer, truly. Yeah. And I think in addition to being consistent or maybe before you can be consistent, you have to be committed to that strategy. And if you are not like committed in your bones to achieving whatever it is your your big goal is or your strategy is, then you're going to be able to veer off course. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I started out, um, you know, I work with a lot of product creators and makers. And so it's like, okay, well, I started out doing candles, but th- that's not making me enough money right now. So I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to also do this. And then you just, when you do that and you start overcomplicating your strategy, you're confused. Your audience is confused. It's hard to stay consistent with your messaging and your branding and your value points, the things that the value you deliver. Um, So I think keeping it simple, keeping it doable, 
you know, all those things. And then being committed to your, your strategy is key for growing your business. Yes, absolutely. And I sort of think of it, I actually just had a conversation with someone about whether or not uh, their business should start a podcast. And this is like a small business, not a one person business. <clears throat> but I could just tell, I was like, you're not committed to that strategy. Mm. There's, there's this feeling in this business that like, this will be the thing and it's going to take off quickly. And I sort of went through the, and I'm not saying a podcast has to be hard, mm. but what I'm saying is like, it does require consistency because mm-hmm. people are not going to just suddenly, well, maybe if you're really lucky, yeah. <laughs> but people are not just going to like suddenly come to your podcast and right. be, you know, avid listeners and you're going to get a million downloads and whatever. It takes some time to build up the audience, to build up the listens, all of the things. Mm-hmm. And if you're not committed to that, which it's fine if you're not, like you don't have to be, right. <laughs> you can have so many other, <clears throat> excuse me, things, but you just need to know, you need to know whether or not it's something you're in for the long haul, if that makes sense. Yes. And I think that's a perfect segue into like our first point when we talk about content creation and consistency. So one of the things I tell my clients, so I have like a four-step process in a workshop. Um, and so it's just a really loose content marketing strategy. And that is to number one, just show up. So like what is something, if you are not into podcasting, that makes you feel weird or you feel uncomfortable talking into a microphone by yourself, um, then you're not going to even show up. Like you've already made the barrier to entry so high for yourself because you don't like it. And the same with video. Like I once had a client and she was really shaming herself. And like, I know she's a social media manager and she's like, I know I should be doing video. And she just kept saying, I should, should, should. And And I was like, why do you think that? So I was trying to dig a little deeper with her. And so I just said, you know, how do you communicate with your clients now? I communicate with my clients on Zoom. So we are on video face to face. And she, so I assumed that's what she was doing. And she was like, oh no, we're never on video. We are always talking on the phone. I'm like, what? In 2020, you're like picking up the phone and calling each other. Okay, that's an (laughs) issue. You know, and so that was eye opening because I was like, if you don't even communicate with your paying clients on video, why do you think you'd be comfortable showing up for free on video? You are not comfortable on video, and that's okay. And so I think being able to show up means like understanding where you're comfortable as well. And especially in the beginning of creating content, like, creating that barrier, like making that barrier to entry so low for yourself. Like I am, I wasn't comfortable on video. So I started a podcast. (laughs) It's hard to show up on video. And then number two, I always tell people to just show your face, like get in the habit of showing your face more because you, you do need to get comfortable, especially as coaches, as solopreneurs, at least in the beginning, being the face of your business you may not want to grow it to the point where you are always the face and the representative of your business. Um, but especially in the beginning, like Phil Knight of Nike in his book talks about how he was going to track meets and shaking people's hands. And like, he was the business. And now of course, no one would probably recognize him on the street, you know, (laughs) but we all recognize Nike and their celebrity endorsers. And so you can grow it in a 
whatever way you want. But in the beginning, you a human has to represent the business so that there's someone for your audience to build trust with. Um, and then number three, just figuring out what turns you on, you know, and just like identifying what type of marketing you resonate with. Is it video? Is it podcasting? Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. So that made sense for me too. I understand how to do it. And I understand like the formatting and I know you do too. And so figuring out what type of content you like to consume can also inform the type of content you create, at least in the beginning, it helps you get inspired. And then for this goes ties directly into what Stacey talks about all the time is just creating a content schedule that allows you to show up consistently. So like Stacey says, committing to less, you know, like making again, making it easier for yourself to get in the habit of marketing your business. And so those, yes. yeah. yeah, I love those. I love all four of those. I think, um, I think I especially like the show your face because I do think yes. people tend to hide behind, uh, I find with my coaches, yes. they love to hide behind like the the images, like the graphics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love too that showing your face doesn't necessarily have to mean like video. Right. It could mean like, it's just a picture of you. Mm-hmm. It could mean that you're just kind of showing up in emails or in groups or whatever it may be yeah. that feels really comfortable to you as yourself, if that makes yes. sense. Um, it's, it's sort of showing, I don't know, it's creating that deeper connection to you as a person versus just you as a business that I love because people don't build relationships with logos. They build relationships with people. And that is the first step to any solid marketing strategy is establishing trust with your audience. And they don't, if you're new, your business is new and they've never seen your logo before, then they have no context for what that represents. And that's where you have to come in and tell that story and represent that so that, you know, maybe your goal down the line is to be like Nike and we see that and we can rattle off a list of brand values and endorsers, you know, Um, but that took, I mean, even Phil Knight, that was like 30 years. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a journey. (laughs) Yeah. A long time before that can stand up on its own. Absolutely. It's really funny you say logo. I actually got a message on Instagram from someone that's like, your logo is not blah. I don't even know exactly what I said. (laughs) And I was like, delete, because my logo doesn't matter. No. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) It does not. And that's, people get caught up in that too, in the research phase, like naming your business, finding a logo, all those things. None of that matters without the, the backstory and the branding and you as the personality. Exactly. And I think it's, it can be a really easy trap sort of to fall into where you're like, I'm going to make all of these things perfect. Like, I'll just be really <laughs> honest that I spent way too much time when I first started my business trying to figure out like what colors. Yeah. <laughs> and I look back now and I'm like the time I could have saved yeah. if I wouldn't have kept on like switching my brand colors because it doesn't, I mean, it matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all, but in the beginning, it doesn't really matter that much. Like it's just not that important. It just has to be something you can get behind. Like the best, I tried to create my own logo and I wasted so much of my life doing that. (laughs) I hired a graphic designer, you know, and the logo I ended up with, I mean, there's no like deep strategy or meaning behind it. I was just like, that's cool. And I rolled with it. And now people see my little balloon, you know, and it has come to represent like marketing and simple and doable and fun. But that's because 
I I did that. Like I created the backstory for that cute little logo. <laughs> yeah, you made it. Like you made it that way. It wasn't right. <laughs> didn't wasn't just the logo that actually made the fun, the simple, yes. all of that come to be. Yeah. Right. That's so fun. And it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I love your logo, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's fun. So much fun. But it doesn't really represent, you know, it, it represents what I have. Like, again, the story I created, but people always think that the colors have some meaning or like the blue. And I'm like, honestly, it wasn't even that serious. <laughs> right. And I think there's, I, I wish I could remember what the book is called right now. I'll link to it in, in the show notes. But she, she said something like, if you really, if you got into a room with a bunch of entrepreneurs and you like closed the door and you really told each other the truth, it, it would be like, I'm just pulling everything out of my ass. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, it's so true. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're just sort of figuring things out as we go. We like to have a strategy. We like to have a plan. But the number of times that you have to pivot or tweak or say, oh, like that, throwing that out for whatever reason. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's, and I think... You know, and that's where coaching is like so, so fun because you can give people like the structure they need and the foundation they need and the freedom they need to be able to make those pivots and like feel comfortable having the flexibility in their business to do that. And the same with marketing. Should I, um, I had a three-part exercise too I didn't go into. Should I do that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, share it. I'll share that. I'll, I'll share that quickly. So uh, just on the co- marketing content strategy thing, um, how I help people get there is by asking them these questions. So like number one, where does your ideal audience spend their time online and in person for business and for personal? Because for some of us, that could be different depending on the demographic and the business. Um, So like for me, my clients are on Instagram, a hundred percent. And that's where I personally spend the most of my time. And then number two, which is exactly what we were speaking about earlier what is your preferred method of communication? And there's no shame. Like I should be doing video. There's no judgment. It's just, especially in the beginning, when you're trying to get in the habit of marketing consistently, it's just where you're comfortable as a starting point so that you can build up that habit. And then number three, how would your best friend, significant other, or your kid answer that question about you? Like maybe you're going to say, oh, I love video. And then your kid is going to be like, that's not true, mom. Like you only text me or like you, (laughs) you know? Um, And so just really like getting honest with yourself. That's like a nice gut check to think about, oh, is this true? And maybe ask them. Um, And then really just allowing like your answers to these questions to determine the type of content you create and then where and how to share that content so that you get in front of your audience. Yes. I love that. I love that so much. And just like thinking through the questions, the exercises you were going through them, I think about where my business started and how I am very comfortable with text, written text, right? I loved it. Like, and honestly, in the first like year of my business, most of my content, it was like content that was written emails, like Instagram post captions, even like typing out things on Instagram stories versus showing up. Like I would have a photo and type things out and it was fine. And I got a lot of clients that way. Yeah, Because you're comfortable and confident in that method of communication. 
Yes. And, and over time, like I got more comfortable with showing up, but I think if I would have forced myself to be on video or forced myself to start a podcast, it wouldn't have gone well because I would have felt so uncomfortable. Right. And the first thing I did, I started my business in October and I had recorded my first podcast in February. So podcasting for me, I just, I'm comfortable that way. And that's funny. Like I process information through talking too. So I will like leave myself voice notes and like talk it out. Um, So it's just really recognizing and like honoring your own individual strengths for communication and learning. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't compare yourself to others because they're, and also don't believe people when they're like, you have to do blah, 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 blah to be successful because you don't have to do anything. No. And if you are forcing yourself to do that for your marketing, which is, is a vulnerable activity, no matter how you're communicating, then it just makes it so much harder for yourself to show up. It's true. And that gets in the way of consistency. Yes. So if, if you're forcing yourself to do something you hate to do, it's going to be really, really hard to stay consistent. <laughs> right. And that's where you come to a marketing meeting with me and you're like, I know I should be on video, but I've been putting it off for months. And I like, then we're done. This is no longer an item on the agenda. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Like do the things you really, really feel good with and make it easy for yourself. Yeah. And I think something else to note here too, is that if you've been doing something for a while and you're burnt out on that topic, like I have a client who likes to blog and then she would send emails based on the blog. And she just texted me one week and was like, I'm not feeling it. And she was, she was like asking me for ideas and, you know, and I just said, if you're not feeling it, then don't do it. It's okay. You can show up for your audience in other ways, but if you are forcing that connection as well, your, your audience is going to feel that energy come through and then you do it. And then you've already are kind of down because you didn't want to do it. And then they don't respond well because they can feel the energy. And then that gets you even more down, like, oh, no one liked it. I shouldn't have even done it. And, Mm. you know, it just creates this kind of shame cycle. Whereas if you just had not done it and focus that energy or communicated in a a different way that was more exciting to you, it would have been more exciting for your audience too. It's so, so true. And I want to normalize feeling a little burned out on your strategies sometimes. I think it's very, it's a very normal experience. In fact, like I just posted a video of a little frog, like hiding inside of a light pole yesterday. I was like, this is my energy right now. Um, Because sometimes I'm just like not in the mood to show up on video on Instagram. Like I just have weeks where there's a lot going on. My energy is low, or maybe I have a lot of client calls that are on video. I'm like, "Mm, this is going to be a lot of going back to sort of the the written content, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to take pictures and write a couple things, or I'm just not going to show up every single day because it's fine. It's totally fine. And I, yeah, that's totally fine. And you're at a point in your business too, where that is okay for your business. Like your business has grown. And I think people forget that like with brand awareness, you can control how much you're promoting yourself or not. Mm -hmm. And it's entirely up to you. Like I have clients who they've achieved the big dream. They launched the storefront, they launched the thing And now they're just kind of enjoying this business plateau. Like, okay, cool. I made it. I'm kind of tired. You know, it took a lot of work to get here. 
do I have to still keep showing up on Instagram every single day? And it's like, no, if that is not, if that action isn't in alignment with your goals, which right now is to just enjoy this moment and maybe not grow, you know, in the next six months, then that's okay. And you can control that. And I think, so it's either, it's burnout, but also it can be strategic to step away. So true. Yeah. Maybe this is the moment that you plan to step away, you right. know? And I think it's, I think you, you touched on something that I think is so important that I just shared with my own mastermind group, which is the strategies that you use to get to like the dream, right? The dream location are probably not going to be the strategy you yes. use to keep growing or as your business shifts, it just probably is not going to feel the same. There's going to be sort of a weird energetic right. switch. And that's totally fine. You have to allow that though, and not just right. keep pushing forward. Yes. And you can eat and you don't even, because some of them are dealing with like growth. Like, do I want to grow? This is, this was the big dream and maybe I'm happy here, you know? Yeah. And and so then that shifts your strategy. Or again, like if you do want to grow after this point, that shifts it again. So it's just about really being aware. Yeah. And aware of what you really want versus mm-hmm. like the join the seven figure club. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow, that's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, no. I was just thinking that today too. Mm. Like mm, seven figures. I mean, I get I get why people have that dream, but I don't really have that dream. Not to say I'll never have that dream, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so there's so much in between, like where we are and then the seven figures like you could be yeah. anywhere in that <laughs> space sometimes we just want a simple life and a simple business and that's totally okay yeah <laughs> right totally okay well I had a question for you because I, I really like sort of digging into this which is uh sort of the weirdest marketing rules we've seen yes. or heard or whatever it may be with our clients or with I mean, just out there in general. Mm-hmm. I have my own, but I'd love to hear if you have a couple. Yes. Okay. So I think one of my favorites is like, I think Gary V said it a long time ago. And it was like, you have to post on Instagram five times a day, you oh. know? And I just think, oh my gosh, how exhausting. Like who has time if they're running a, a business that's making money to like post on Instagram? So much. Even to schedule that out, that seems, it blows my mind. Um, so that's one I think is a weird rule to follow. Um, and then I think keeping up with trends as well, like, oh, if you don't do TikTok or reels, your business is going to fail. Um, anything that has that level of like drama attached to it, I, I think is a red flag. And of course, Agreed. people are having great success with reels and TikTok and that works for them and their strategy and their personality. But I think that's personal. Um, And then we can talk about this, touch on it more later, but really just like that you have to measure your success with numbers. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think there are other tools, other ways to measure your marketing success that may feel better to you in the beginning when the numbers aren't necessarily there. Like you don't have 5,000 followers or, you know, you don't have thousands of people on your email list where it can, I have, and I've seen clients too obsess over the numbers and it's just like, you're just not there yet. You know, 
being consistent, creating content that delivers value. There are so many more important things you have to get right in marketing before you can start analyzing your numbers like that. But it is good to track them and be aware, but just not like obsess and hold on to them as the only measurement of marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. I hear a lot because I have a lot of clients that love to use Instagram too, but I hear a lot of like, my story views are so low. Yes. And what's funny is they're usually way higher than mine and I blow their minds. Like the, they'll be like, mine are only like 150. And I'm like, mine are never at 150. <laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah. Like, you don't need 150 people. You just need, you know, I mean, depending on your business model, right. um, you just need a few people or 20 people or whatever it is. Like you don't need a million people to view your story. And your story is just one tiny piece of like, if you're using Instagram of your marketing, there's right. still your feed posts. There's still, you know, whatever you decide going live, whatever you decide is your thing. Mm-hmm. There's so many other ways for people to see and connect. And I think it's really funny. Yes. They just, it, they can create so much drama because it's like, okay, well, so your story reached 150 people, but of those people who engaged. Yeah. And who's actually paying attention. You know, I think there's a lot of, um, I don't like maybe surface level, like it seems like you're doing really well, but the goal for marketing is not views. The goal is engagement and trust sure. for people to to get to want to pay you, you know, to a place where they're like, okay, she's sound, she seems cool. She's delivering value. Um, and that's what I have to remind. <laughs> like literally no one gives a shit about who, how many views you have. Yeah, no one cares. And it only takes a few people to connect with for it to, to have a huge payoff. So even if there's only like 30 people, if 10 of those people are really into what you're doing, yes, that's amazing. Right. <laughs> that's a really, really good number. So I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves. I also love the approach of uh, like pretending all those people are in a room with you mm-hmm. because sometimes that definitely, like I've heard it from other people, like pretend everybody on your email list or everybody that follows you on Instagram, like, okay, right now I have a little under 1700 or something like that. And I'm like, oh, all those people in one room, that would be incredible. <laughs> so I also think too, I mean, I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I just watched a documentary on HBO. I think it's fake famous or something like that Ooh. where they take three people and make them famous on Instagram, like using certain approaches. Wow. And part of that approach was buying bought followers and they dig into how many people do it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? I had no idea. But Something that came up in the documentary was this, you know, this man was, you know, one of the three people and he got very uncomfortable because he had, you know, 10,000, 13,000, whatever it is, a huge amount that they had bought for him, but his engagement was not very good. And people Mm -hmm. were starting to like notice it and call him out on it. And he's like, it's all fake, you know? Yeah. And so that just goes to show like, none of that matters. It's all vanity. It's just, it's really we're going to get into coaching terms. It's just your ego, like really wanting this, like, look at me. (laughs) Yes. And when I, people talk about growth, I always ask them, like, are you, can you handle growth right now? Like whether it's Mm. with your followers, you know, because ideally I think 
and sometimes incorrectly, what people think is that like the, as your followers increase, your business is going to grow, like your, the money in your bank account, the number of clients you have, the products you're selling Mm -hmm. and that they do not grow like parallel to each other. No. And, and you have to ask yourself, especially in the beginning, it's like, am I prepared for that growth? And there's part of it where, you know, as you grow, you'll figure it out. And then there's another part where I think people want to like, they want to explode. And I just think, well, your, your business can't handle that. Like you don't have the processes set up. You don't have the organization that's necessary. And so when I have people come to me that are seeking growth, mostly it's because of financial reasons, which I totally get. Um, but that tells me there's like a bigger problem within the business that they haven't grown yet. Like there's something going on that says that you're not ready to support that growth yet. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And even like, I mean, hit into the soul. I'm like, yeah, I can see that in my own business, right? Yeah. Like I need to get some automations in place. Yeah. I need to, you know, and that's just, that's all businesses. I think in many ways, mm-hmm. like you have to prepare for the next step. You can't just say, I want to, I don't know, have 50 people in a group course. Right. And I have no way of being able to serve that many people. Like I have no processes. I haven't figured out how to have really great boundaries with the mm-hmm. people I'm already serving. I, you know, just all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so important to know whether or not you really want that growth, whether you're prepared for that growth. And I know we listen to all the podcasts and something that always comes up in these kinds of big scaling sort of things is you have to slow down many times for that to happen. You have to, that you you have to make the space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that usually means that you're probably going to lose a little money, which I think like that's hard. So you need to be in a place where can you do that? Or can you set yourself up to be in a place where that doesn't feel hard to do? If that makes sense. Yes, it it makes total sense. And I, I feel like I'm in that space right now too, where I'm trying to create more space in my calendar because I realize like if I feel flustered now and I feel overwhelmed now, why do I think I can handle like double the clients, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I've really been working hard on, and I work with a life coach too, but like working hard on creating that space in my calendar, even if it's just like, blocking out, okay, if I had the ideal amount of clients that I want to have this year and putting them all on the calendar for the month and really looking at that and understanding Mm -hmm. like, okay, yes, I do have the time for it, but I need to like spend my time differently than on a day-to-day basis because my, my schedule looks so much different, so much more different. And, oh, there was one other thing I was just going to say about that too. And I do not remember it slipped my mind. So I think uh, that maybe it, it'll come back. Yeah, <laughs> it'll come back. And I think, yeah, creating space and like making room for growth is just, it's underestimated. And we, I mean, we listen, like you said, to a lot of the same things. So yeah. um, they talk about it a lot and you just, yeah, you have to be, it's like, I have one client who was, she was making, she wanted to grow. She wanted to double her product sales but the number of errors she was making because she was disorganized, I'm like, you can't handle double the volume right now. Like you're shipping the wrong things out as is. <laughs> this is not yes. gonna work. You know, so you really have to be realistic with yourself too. Yes, that's so hard. And I think um this really gets back to like having a big picture strategy. So mm-hmm. 
how do your offers align? And I think this is really hard for most people. Mm-hmm. Like, how do your offers align? How much time are they really going to take? How much do you really need to charge? And I'm just going to fess up. Like, I have undercharged for a very long time. And then you go, you go, oh. <laughs> this is why people charge more. Because yeah. it's a lot more work than you think it is. Right. <laughs> and nobody gets that until you're like in the middle of it. And then you learn your lesson and you right. keep moving forward. But it is that big picture strategy of like seeing it all, seeing like where those clients are going to go, how much time it's going to really take. It yes. all is important. And it's a mindset shift, like just with that and understanding like, okay, I'm not just charging for this hour where I'm face to face with them. I'm charging for the two hours of prep work and then the hour of follow up and then the call and then the questions in between meetings, because I used to have a hard time with that for my because I'm a marketing coach. So we meet once a month and sometimes I would be like, well, it's just once a month, you know, like Mm -hmm. really downplay it, but they get so much more support in between months, you know, and they get the marketing action plan. So I think it's like, it's accepting in your mind that you're not just charging for that. It's it's rare that you show up and coach without any prep work or follow-up, right? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough. And we didn't even get to like the expertise and the value, like how, Mm. how much having someone who is an expert and what you need help with can help you grow so much faster. Like it's, you're saving yourself time and energy. And I mean, not to say you're not ever going to make a mistake, but Mm -hmm. you're going to learn from our mistakes so that you don't make, you know, too many mistakes in the process. And that is super valuable And I think people can forget that when they're creating their prices too. Like I have whatever many years of experience and I've helped this many people and I've studied this and this and this, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And I think those value points are what people shy away from communicating in their marketing as well, because, and this plays into like um, some of the fear mindset, not wanting to outshine people, not wanting to like step on toes if you have a different way of doing it in your industry or feeling like you're new and you don't have a right to speak on these things yet. Um, But it's really important to communicate your process to people, especially in a service-based industry like coaching. So they know, because if you are working with people who have never coached before or are new to coaching, they want to understand why they're paying that price, you know, and I think mm-hmm. it's important as a service provider, especially to be able to convey like, here's what we're going to do. Here's what I'm bringing to the table. Here are my strengths, you know, and just really being able to like speak to yourself, not to justify it, but to clarify the value behind mm-hmm. the dollar amount. And t- there's a difference between sharing value and trying to prove yourself. Like one is ego-based and one is like, so one is focused on yourself and one is focusing, keeping the focus on your audience and saying like, how can I help them? How can I serve them? Versus like, how do I prove myself to others in the industry that I'm worthy of being here too? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. The ego versus the actual like service, right? (laughs) Which can get really tricky, I think, sometimes. And I think you're right that sometimes people will refrain from sharing 
because they think it's ego, but really it would be of service to their people. Yes, exactly. And we have a, we think, well, we look at this every day, you know, I dream about my services, like what I offer, you know, and you said in your most recent podcast that one of the things you recommend is people like tuning out others in their industry. And I a hundred percent agree, especially in the beginning, if you're feeling that comparison like that, well, I don't have anything to say. They've already said it. Or I work with a client, she's younger in her industry and she's changing things like that. She, Mm. she wants to change the way things are done. And so that is naturally contradictory. Like she has a polarizing opinion and she's a little bit afraid of that, of expressing Mm. that and getting the attention for it. And so you just have to tune out the other people then. And yeah. just mute them. You just mute them. It's so nice that little Instagram <laughs> mute, unfollow, whatever it is. Yeah, and just allowing yourself the space too, like to not have these people's own thoughts and messages in your head mm. is just really, really helpful. Yeah, it that was a game changer for me too to help me find my voice because you can't find your voice, which is important in your marketing messaging, if you've got everyone else's voices in your head. Yes. I will actually say that's probably the hardest part about shifting into business coaching is that I, of course, want to keep getting better in my business. So I, you know, of course, I'm learning things. And then I'm like, wait, like, don't unintentionally take this into your own message. Let's actually put this through your own value system, Mm -hmm. see how this aligns with you and, you know, put your unique spin on it because this isn't yours. So it's really interesting. It's, it's a hard thing to do, which I think is why I tell people to try to stay away. It's so hard. <laughs> My life coach, we did an, like an in-person strategy meeting and I had a bunch of marketing books on the table and she's like, that's your problem. You're reading too many marketing books. Like you're, you are consuming how other people are explaining marketing and it's like clouding your personality, you know, and how you deliver it. And, and that's hard for me because I want to be seen, you know, I want to be educated in marketing and like stay up to date on things that are occurring in the marketing industry. But that assumes that like, I'm not already right. Like that is me assuming that I don't already have the tools and the experience and the skill set to educate people on marketing, which is like, and I'm not diving into SEO or any of that. Like these right. are marketing basics, like the principles of marketing. And so that was a really interesting, like I haven't read a marketing book. I started reading fiction and it's been a real game changer. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I actually say that the best ideas for me come when I'm not like doing something business related. Like when I'm not reading a book about business, when I'm reading a book that I just want to read and then I'm like, Ooh, that's a really good story. <laughs> that's a good way of like an example of XYZ. Yes. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that could go to our weirdest rules too, is like a weird rule is that you are actually like more creative, probably more productive creatively for your business when you are not working in the business. Like when you're reading a book yes. and you're inspired by the storyline or outside gardening or, you know, like, I don't know. My stepdaughter and my dog love bubbles. It's like they both catch the bubbles with their mouths now. And so it's like, you know, it's funny to just get out of my head and like blow bubbles for 20 minutes with them and see how they just like what comes up. Last night I went to hot yoga and 
I got some great ideas. Like my mind when I left there was really like turning with ideas. And it took me 75 minutes of sweating my butt off to like clear my mental cash from my business day. And then it was like, it opens up. Yes, it totally. And I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen me screenshot. Like I will get all these ideas and my method is not fancy. I seriously just email myself ideas. That's all all the time. That's all I do. Cause it's super easy. I'm like, Ooh, email this, email this. And then I'll have like 15 emails. And it's usually when I'm traveling or when I'm like, you know, doing something not at all related to the yes. business. Right. And I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. It's just so yes. funny. Yes. And I think, so my challenge from my life coach this week, I'm a very like energetic person. I know you like the outdoors. You guys are moving to Colorado. And like, so it, Personally, I have I got engaged right before the pandemic and we bought a house and I have a stepdaughter and we got a puppy. Like a lot of responsibilities were piled on in the last year. I chose them, right? But um so one thing that's been missing is like that intensity. Like I don't I'm a thrill seeker. I like a challenge. I'm competitive. And so I, my life coach today was like you need to find an activity that like gets you lit up. Like I haven't had that level of excitement for me personally in a long time. And then I, it directly correlates to business too. Like if you're inspired in other areas of your life, then you're going to show up inspired and inspire other people. And I think people like to separate their marketing brain and then like their personal lives. And it's like, no, those things are so interconnected as entrepreneurs. It is crazy. (laughs) I agree. And I get, I mean, most of my really good ideas that connect with people are from real life. They're not like, (laughs) I don't know, like I'm not getting them from reading a book or like studying a business course or whatever it is. I'll be like, Oh, this is just like, you know, my clients, but it's a totally different example. (laughs) It's like not related to business. Right. It illustrates it. Completely. And that is the same for marketing. Like sometimes, so I encourage people like good old fashioned networking and you don't have to, obviously the world is just now opening up a little bit, but it could be online, but just that interaction with another human and like you practicing your messaging in real time and networking creatively. So like I joined an online like fitness group because business networking can be really sterile. I agree. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. (laughs) So I joined like an online fitness community. I joined, I'm a stepmom. So I joined a Facebook group for stepmoms. I like, I'm going to maybe, I don't know, try out a new thrilling hobby. Mountain biking is like what's coming up, but hot yoga, you know, all these things like just, you can network or at Trader Joe's. I was just talking with the cashier and normally it annoys me how personable they are because I just want to get in and out. Okay. Same um, introvert life. <laughs> I talk all day, but she was so chatty. And so then I, you know, she asked what I did and we were talking about local businesses. And then she was like, Oh, cool. I have my own business too. I just started my own hair business. And so it just like launched into this other conversation. 
And so networking doesn't, talking about your business and practicing your messaging doesn't always have to be like behind your computer or your phone. Yeah. I love that. I, and I'm going to give an example of somebody that I think you listen to her podcast, but maybe you don't, you might not. Stacey Bayman. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the like how, you know, her steps for making money as a life coach. And the most simplified version is like, tell people you're a life coach. <laughs> And I think that's really it, right? Like the networking thing, like tell people that's what you do. (laughs) Okay. So that story was inspired by Stacey Bayman's. I took her free training again and I was like, okay, my goal is just to tell as many people what I do for a living. And so I ended up at Joe's that day and was like, all right, here I go. (laughs) It's amazing. And it's, it's funny how like easy that can be, right? Yeah. And I also, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say how it is so simple, but we overcomplicate it so much. Yeah, I agree. And I love that it sort of plays into this mantra that, that I like to use with myself, which is like clients are always coming and clients come out of nowhere. Yeah. And they really do. Like most of the time we think we know where we're going to get our clients or our customers, whatever it may be. And then it completely is different than what we think. (laughs) It's totally different. I like to tell my clients, like, you never know who's paying attention and not yet paying you. Because that's good. We like to assume we are aware of everyone who's got eyes on us. And most times those I've had clients who like rarely interacted with posts and then they schedule a consultation and they're like, I've been following you for three years. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just that like clients are everywhere. And it, it happens in the most interesting ways. Like mm-hmm. I always am so like, oh, like I recently booked a, or signed a client who she, I was, she wasn't following me. I don't think she wasn't in my group, but like suddenly I was seeing like so-and-so joined the group. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did this. And suddenly she booked the consult and I was like, whoa, Amazing. <laughs> yes. that's great. funnel works. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes like that's just all it needs to be. Like it can be that easy, which is awesome. It's really fun. On the flip side of that, I want to ask something as we're sort of wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because I listen to this podcast and it just keeps coming back to me, but it's Kendrick Shope. I think that's how you say your last name mm-hmm. and Jenny She And she was talking about how they used to do barter coaching with each with each other. Kendrick had developed this new offer. It was a micro offer. She put it out there. Nobody bought it yet. And she was freaking out. And Ginny responded, you need to stop freaking the F out. <laughs> and she actually used the F word, but I'll be yeah. nice and not put it in this one. Um, <laughs> and I literally have it written down on a post-it for myself nice. because I think for me and my clients, it's one of the most important things is just to have patience. And I want to know, like, what is your thought on the like continuing to be consistent, even when it feels like nothing is happening. Oh, I, another mantra I give my clients is that my marketing is always working. Like Mm -hmm. even when you don't have proof, like the proof in the numbers or whatever measurement you're using, um, just to trust that your marketing is always working. So I have a client who launched another segment of her business during the pandemic and they did a, a, launch promo for it. They hired like a PR agency to do the promo, but it was all virtual. And then, and that created a lot of excitement. And then things kind of just went dark for a little bit. And so there was this lull between their launch and like their first signed client in this new segment. 
And I just like every meeting for three months, I was like, you have to believe your marketing is working. Like trust that your marketing is working. And we just, we kept saying, and I kept reminding them like, enjoy, (laughs) enjoy the downtime because your marketing is working even when you don't have the proof and you freaking out is not going to speed up the timeline, but also you're, it's like when you start a new job and there's that lull, like after you get trained that you're just kind of bored at work and you're like, okay, what are we doing? And people sometimes in that role are like, enjoy the downtime now, you know, you're going to get busy. (laughs) Enjoy leaving every day at five o'clock because soon you'll be working 12 hours. And so that's kind of how I position it with my clients. Like enjoy this time now, enjoy the freedom, enjoy the flexibility. And that client, they now have, I mean, they're booked. Like they, they signed seven and their goal was two by June. So, wow. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And I think I see it in coaches all the time. They'll come to me. They're really struggling with the consistency piece. They start to show up consistently and, you know, on week like four or five, they're like, this is not working. stay with it. And then week eight or nine, it's like, boom, you know, they signed four clients, they have four consults and they're like, Oh, that's what you mean. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I work with mine on a monthly basis. So we're talking like they start to panic, you know, like month nine, Yeah. we always renew after six months. And then that six to 12 month period is really like the nitty gritty. They, they want to quit. They want to give up. And the sweet spot I have found with my clients is like really like 18 to 24 to beyond. Like that is the, that is when, so they've stuck, we've been together for, you know, a year, a year and a half. And like things really start to happen for them. Like, like achieving lifelong dreams that they never thought were possible or quitting a job or becoming the primary breadwinner in their household off of like a hobby they started as a mom, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. And to your point, it's just because they show up consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this really drives home something that I think is really important, which is something I haven't talked about enough, but it's, it's sort of that tenacity, right? It's being really tenacious Mm -hmm. and being, you know, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, like I do, (laughs) if you listen to the coaches who make, who finally get to the point where they're making a lot of money, whether it's like a lot of multiple six figures or seven figures or whatever it is, they'll always tell you like, there was nothing that was going to get in my way. Like I was not going to stop period. Mm -hmm. Like I'd already decided that. And I have to say that I think that is probably like the key to the consistency and the key to the showing up is like, Mm -hmm. you decide, you commit Commit. This is happening. Yes. Whether it takes a year or two years. Cause like really, how long are you willing to wait if it's the dream? Yes. The dream. I'm willing to wait. (laughs) And how many like versions of that? You know, I have one client, it didn't look like a storefront right away. Like they ended up buying a bigger house. So her at home, you know, shop could grow. And then from there, so it just is like the commitment to, like we said in the beginning, to the strategy and the dream, and then being okay with like however you get there, whatever journey yeah. you take, because you know 
you're committed and that's yeah tenacity courage like all of those things are super important because most people will give up before they reach it yeah and how sad is that because it's mm-hmm. it's there the opportunity is there it's something i have to use with myself in my mindset like mm-hmm. if it takes two more years to create like the ideal life for myself is it worth it and i'm like yeah <laughs> Because it's not that long. And you can see, like, I think is great. And I think it's especially great because you work with your clients so long. You can start to see, you know, it it snowballs, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like many times we'd be like, it's so slow. It's so slow. It's so slow. And then boom, right? (laughs) And you never know when that's going to happen. No. And there's like, you know, one thing that like changes the course of their one risk they took or one surprise client or whatever yeah. is the course of it all. And I, I have to remind myself of that too. A good reminder for me is like, okay, well, what's the alternative? Like to go back and get a nine to five. No, thank you. I know, I know exactly. And I actually, I laugh because I sent something to my coach, which was like a screenshot of a career coach job, like where we're moving to mm. <laughs> that I saw come up and it was $42,000 a year. <laughs> like, uh, no. You have been... I thought you had been in business longer, but you just quit your job like how many months ago? Yeah, five months ago. I I say that it's been like the five months that have been like the longest time period ever. It's been really fast and also like so much happened that it's definitely felt like a much longer period than that. Yeah. I mean, and just the amount of growth that has to occur personally, I mean, it probably felt like five years. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it's. It's sort of like, who was that person even? which I think is hard. It's hard to wrap your head around sometimes. Yeah, that's, and that's enough. I mean, we could do a whole other podcast about like upper limits and mindset shifts and belief systems and all the fun coaching terms. (laughs) Yes, I would love that. And I know we're getting close to like the hour mark. So (laughs) I'm like, hmm, let's actually schedule that because I think people are going to really enjoy this episode and they'll want you back. That'll be They'll fun. want you back. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Fun. Tell people where they can find you, where best to connect with you. And of course, I'll link to it in the show notes too. Great. So you can find my website, more about my service offerings. I just have two. I have monthly marketing coaching and a one-time 90-minute service on marketinguninhibited.com. You can find the podcast, the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Marketing Uninhibited. Yay. Well, I know people are going to want to seek you out. And she has some great content. Also, you should go seek her out. But thank you so much for being on. And I can't wait to have you on again. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode, including our daily journal prompts, short mini episodes to help you get your marketing mindset right for the day. And if you're ready to commit to leveling up your marketing skill set, to growing your business, and to changing your life for the better, visit marketinguninhibited.com to schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Now go kick some marketing ass.